Discouragement is defined as becoming demoralized, feeling disheartened, and becoming deprived of confidence. It brings distress and depression, and it drains us of mental, emotional, and physical strength. And when it's real bad, it could work to stop you dead in your track from the great things God has prepared for you. So this episode entitled Getting Healed of Discouragement is going to teach you the primary cause of it, how to recognize it, and how to begin reversing discouragement today. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast, a ministry of the Gospel Mission Network. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I'm passionate about God's promise to heal you. The Word of God is so clear that God not only loves you, not only suffered and died for you, but according to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 17, it says, Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So I want you to get ready because the Be Healed podcast is always filled with interviews and testimonies and teachings that are going to equip you with a really strong biblical understanding of how to release God's power and anointing in your own life so you can get healed and stay healed. Now, together, we've reached over 152 countries, and we encourage you to like the podcast, follow it, share it with friends and family. And if this is your first time listening to the Behold podcast, I want to personally welcome you and thank you for joining us. You know, discouragement is something people seem to consider a normal part of life. It's something that seems unavoidable and, and just something that we have to deal with. But just because it's common doesn't mean that it needs to be normal. In fact, God even commanded Joshua in the Old Testament of the Bible when he had a lot of reason to be discouraged. He said to him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, discouragement is something that God was telling Joshua, don't come under it. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be sad. I'm with you. Yeah, discouragement is actually a major tool of the enemy because the devil tries to use it to delay us, to deter us, and he wants to stop the destinies that God has planned for our lives. Now, if God commanded Joshua to be of good courage, do you think he may be doing the same thing for us today? Well, I think so. So let's dig into this and, and discuss uh, four areas, and I'm just going to cover them at a high level, but let's discuss at least four different reasons or causes that we very frequently will get discouraged. Well, the first one is the lies of the devil. Yep. The devil is constantly trying to give us things that appear correct, but are actually wrong. He's done this since the very first temptations in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says in John chapter 8 that he's the father of lies. So he is constantly speaking and constantly bringing mistruths to us, lies, falsehoods, to get us to believe them so we will live according to his discouraging lies. So the devil will frequently come and say, you will not be able to. You are unable to. You will never dot, dot, dot. And this is coming to us so many times a day, literally hundreds 
and thousands of times a day. Now, a lot of people don't recognize that it's the devil. It may even appear like it's just a family member or somebody at work, a boss, a coworker. But the reality is that whenever you have something to try to bring you down, the very root of that is not people, but the enemy, evil, darkness, the devil behind it. And so when we listen to the lies of the devil, we're certainly going to come under the influence of what the devil is trying to tell us. The second major reason that we often come under discouragement is because we're choosing to live outside the will and instruction of God. And whenever we live outside the will and instruction of God, we're going to find that we're beginning to live in a wilderness type environment. The Lord has called us to be filled with his blessing and provision, but those blessings and provision and the success that comes from living according to his will and instruction will evade us. And we wind up wondering what's happening in my life. Why are the things in my life not becoming fruitful? Why are they not successful? Why do I keep working harder and still having less success? Well, discouragement will settle in here because we're thinking I'm doing everything right, but yet I'm not achieving what I'm aiming to achieve. The third reason that discouragement will frequently come in is because we're looking at the wrong indicators. You see, sometimes we're not listening to the lies of the devil, and sometimes we're not living outside the will and instruction of God, but we're looking at the wrong success indicators. In other words, when we are living our life, we would sometimes expect to see something happen immediately or that there would be some sort of indicator that I'm doing well, but it's not there. In fact, some of the indicators we're looking at are the opposite of what we'd want to see. And very frequently, the way that God works is that he is desiring to see things and values things that we don't value. Very frequently, we want to see outward evidence of success when God is looking toward our heart for inward success, such as faithfulness, integrity, humility, teachability, faith. These are things that God is looking for on the inside and says, you're doing a great job. Um, obedience, you're, you're holding my word. And even though there may be indicators on the outside that don't look like you're being successful or effective, the Lord is very pleased. And it's only a matter of time until the success that God sees inward is revealed outwardly. So it's very important because we're in a culture right now, especially with social media and things like this, that we want to see how many follows and likes and shares we get in social media. And if we didn't get a lot of that, we're assuming maybe God is displeased. This just is not the case. King Saul is a great example of this where his, uh, his palace, his, his castle, <clears throat> his kingdom had a lot of outward uh, descriptions of success, but his heart wasn't right in that inward corruption in King Saul's heart eventually was demonstrated to the entire nation when they began to lose the battles and not have success that God would have wanted. But you see, King David lacked those outward signs of effectiveness, but his heart was right. And he was the one who destroyed Goliath on the battlefield.
So we need to make sure that we're looking at the right indicators so that we don't get discouraged. Now, the fourth very common reason or cause of discouragement is wrong reaction to temporary circumstances. See, things are happening. Challenges are going to come. Challenges are going to present themselves to us and how we react to them is an enormous factor. It's not just what's taking place, but it's how I respond to what's taking place. Do I respond to the challenges and the difficulties and the adversities with fear, uncertainty, doubt, frustration, worry, anxiety, or do I respond to them prayerfully with a perspective that says, Lord, I'm going to go to my knees and I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to seek your wisdom. Do we look at these difficult things that are happening as, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm going to be defeated? Or do I look at these and say, Lord, what a wonderful opportunity for you to show off in my life. What a great opportunity for me and my faith to be promoted in this situation. Do we look at the Red Sea, in other words, and want to turn back like the early Israelites did? Or do we look at the Red Sea and say, oh man, this is going to be awesome. We're going to watch God split it. And so it depends a lot about how we react to circumstances concerning whether discouragement is going to be taking place in my life or not. Now, all of these four things, they, they take time. You know, we, we've discussed that we should not fall under the lies of the devil. We need to live in the will and instruction of God. We've got to make sure we're looking at the right God indicators of success in our journey of life. And we need to make sure that we react properly to the temporary challenges that we encounter. But how is it that we can actually recognize discouragement? Because it may seem uh, kind of counterintuitive. You know, Pastor Steve, why would I have to recognize it if I kind of know I'm suffering from it? Well, what we're doing is we know the suffering, but we're not often recognizing the signs of discouragement that lead to the suffering. So to overcome discouragement, you want to first identify the thoughts, feelings, and perspectives that you're going through that actually contribute to falling into discouragement. You see, there's a big difference between not enjoying something or, or having a thought of discouragement versus coming into the constant state of discouragement. You see, we don't always react properly to things, but we can respond to things properly. For example, if you get bad news, you may feel badly about that bad news, but you can now respond to it and react to it and counter the bad reaction with a good response. This now preserves your mind. It preserves the, the faith and the perspectives of God and enables you to never get into the state of discouragement. Because really a state of discouragement is where you're beginning to lose your motivation. You're beginning to lose your fervency. You're not getting out of bed uh, before the alarm clock. You're wanting uh, 5, 10, 15 more minutes of snooze time because you just don't think things are going to go well. And that's why going into a state of discouragement is so dangerous because it begins to cloud and color everything we do in our lives. Okay, so let's discuss a couple of things we can do to recognize 
the elements that may lead to discouragement. The first thing is to look at the direction that my thoughts would lead me. What direction do my thoughts lead me? How are they influencing me, in other words? Are they filled with life? Are they filled with faith? Or do they begin to bring me down and pull me away from faith? Next is, what is the thing that I'm hearing, seeing, or experiencing producing in me? Is it producing something that is of the fruit of the Spirit? Is it producing love, peace, kindness, gentleness, meekness? Is it producing things that are produced in heaven? Or is it producing fear, anxiety, and doubt? Is it producing something that God never gave me? And then ultimately, which is tied to the first two, is what is the impact it's having on me? Not in just a moment, but what's the impact that this is having upon me? Am I lingering upon that bad thing too long? Am I thinking about the problem more than thinking about the solution? Am I beginning to come under the problem, seeing it as my new reality? Or am I staying on top of my circumstances in the midst of the storm? These are things that you could begin to ask yourself. And I'll tell you, I encourage you, be intentional about it. Because if you want to have a proactive life of walking on top of your circumstances, you've got to be proactive against the things that would bring you under the circumstances. So really, a lot of this is about preventing the adversities in our life, even getting the opportunity to create the problem of discouragement. Okay, so now let's move to what I believe is the most important part of this podcast episode, and it's going to talk about the number one method to reverse discouragement. And it all has to do with one primary shift. If you can get this shift in your life, you are going to overcome discouragement every time. Now, that may seem kind of like a hyperbole, an enormous exaggeration, but I really believe it to be true. And here's the shift. You have to move from sight to sound. Okay, said another way, you've got to move from the circumstances you can see to the sound of the Word of God. You've got to move from the senses of the natural to the words that God Almighty speaks. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. This is a powerful shift because God is truth. The devil's a liar, but God is truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Okay, let's go a little further. Not only is Jesus truth, he never would say something to harm us or bring instruction to us that's going to harm us. He's never going to speak something that's going to bring loss to us. Translation, we'll never ever get discouraged by listening to our almighty father and our Savior Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. 
The word of God is the word of life. It brings life. And Jesus came for us to have life and have it abundantly. That's revealed in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. So no matter what fearful, anxious, or things are going on in your life, the word of God is going to pull you out of it. When circumstances say you can't, God says, I will. When circumstances says you don't have the strength, you're nothing but a failure, God says, stand strong in the power and might of the Lord Jesus Christ in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8. In other words, for every lie of the devil, there is a truth of God to combat it. When the symptoms persist in your body and you feel like you're never going to be healed, the scripture says in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God says, I am the Lord who healeth thee. When you feel like nothing is ever going to change, you can listen to the word of God when he says, stretch forth your hand. Hallelujah. The Bible is always going to give the remedy for the thing that's discouraging us. But what about the idea of living outside of the will and instruction of God? Well, there it is again. The word of God reveals the will of God and the word of God is the instruction of God, which will lead us out of the wilderness into the promised land. The word of God has power to literally pastor, to shepherd our mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Yes, the word of God is able to keep us in the will and instruction of God. The word of God is able to expose the lies of the devil and defeat those lies by speaking truth. The word of God is able to enable us to look at the right indicators of success in the eyes of God. And the word of God is able to equip us to be able to have a strong faith-based spiritual reaction to the adversities that would come against us. A great example of this is found in Luke chapter 5, verse 5. Simon Peter was fishing all night. And during that time, they would only fish at night. And Jesus Christ tells him to put his nets down. And Peter says, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. You see, Peter was doing what he was doing with good common sense as a fisherman, but it still was just common sense. But in Luke chapter 5, verse 4, it says, When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, this is Jesus, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Well, Jesus is releasing the word of God. And he says, let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5 says, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Verse 6, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. You see, Peter could have slumped into discouragement. He toiled all night. They got absolutely nothing, which means they're not going to make any money at all. On top of that, they don't have food to eat, possibly, if they needed it from that catch. And here you have Jesus say to do something that violates his senses. Well, Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, 
I will let down the net. I want to ask you a question right now. What do you think the word of God is saying to you in your own situation? Do you think that God's been trying to tell you something? Maybe an encouragement? Maybe that he loves you? Maybe a piece of wisdom that will enable a breakthrough? Because the Lord is for you. He is not against you. And he knows what he's promised you. And this is where I want to finally close out on this last idea. That God is for you. He has created you for good things. You are his workmanship. Created for good works. You were not created to be discouraged. You were not created to be derailed from your purpose and your passion. You were created, praise God, to fulfill what God would have you to do. And that's a life of abundance. That's a life of peace. That's a life of joy. That's a life of righteousness in the Holy Spirit. That's his kingdom as revealed in Romans chapter 14. So I want you to look and just understand this for a moment. Go with me if you're there and able to open up the Bible. If not, you could just listen. I want to take time to just read two sections of scripture so you can really get and hold on to this principle. I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Those are five power-packed verses of God Almighty explaining to Joshua, you're going to take Moses' baton. You're going to take this nation from the wilderness to the promise. And I have already decided that you're going to be successful. I have already said yes to your success. You need to understand that the promises of God, especially concerning healing, are already yes and amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God in Jesus Christ are already amen. We can connect to what God told Joshua because he told Joshua, I'm saying yes. And right now, to the good things that God has for you in your life, God is saying yes to the things that are part of God's will and his instruction. He's saying yes to the things that are part of truth. He's saying yes. But now let's take a look at the second selection of scripture. It's the next five verses. Joshua chapter one, verses six to nine. Because Joshua had a job to do. And this is what God tells him. Verse six, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be 
strong, and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, I pray you received it. God commanded Joshua, the one whom he promised. He commanded him to be strong and of good courage. If you look at the word discourage, it's against courage. Discourage. God said, be strong and of good courage. Do you see how God is countering the discouragement in Joshua? He's preempting it. He's coming against fear. He's coming against it. He's saying, I am telling you, Joshua, proactively be strong and of good courage because I'm about to do something awesome in your life. Verse seven, he says, only be strong and very courageous. That's the opposite of discouragement to the utmost, very courageous. That you may, here it is, observe to do. You see, we need to be in courage and not in discouragement so we can do what God has called us to do. Verse eight, gave the instruction that I've shared with you previously, that the book of the law shall not depart from him, that he was to meditate on it. He was not to look from the left or to the right of it because it was going to give him prosperous, good success. Again, verse nine, God almighty says a third time, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. So the Bible tells us be of good courage. I speak it over you right now. Be strong. Be of good courage. God knows it isn't easy. God knows all the things coming against you. God knows that sometimes you just don't feel you can go on. God knows that sometimes you just feel like you can't handle another thing. But the Lord also knows what he has promised you. The Lord knows what he has provided you. The Lord knows that you have access to Jesus Christ, his son. And you can call on him. You can call on him right now and you can believe. You can call on him in faith and says, Lord, help me. I need to be strong in your strength. And Lord, I need to know that you're with me like never before. Lord, help me. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. To receive the one who will bring you life the one who is truth, the only begotten son of God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
You can tell him right now, Jesus, I'm pretty messed up right now. I really need you. I desire to know you. And I make you the Lord of my life. I put my faith that you are the Son of God, and I believe that God raised you from the dead. And I believe that you broke all the power of the enemy and of my sin when you suffered and died on the cross. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you all the trouble, all the burden from my past, my present, and my future. And I will choose to trust in your word. You who have done this right now, you who have done this from your heart, you've invited Jesus, the King of Kings, into your life. And you can tell him, Lord, I receive eternal life by grace through faith. And I receive your strength. And if you've already done this before, many times we need to remember that it's Jesus, the one who is undefeated, who's telling us to be of good courage. Let's together renounce discouragement. Make a decision. You will not remain under discouragement while God is on his throne and never leaving. I pray right now for you who are listening, Lord, I pray for each one that God, they will not be shipwrecked by discouragement. They will not be hindered by discouragement. I pray for a loosing from discouragement, a freeing from discouragement. We declare, we recognize that discouragement is a virus, it is a plague, and we will not live with it. We rebuke it. We renounce it. We disagree with every lie of the enemy. We disagree with every poor reaction we've had. We disagree with everything that enabled discouragement to be in my life. And I declare, Lord, that we shall choose your word. So teach us as we pray and teach, Lord, those as they're reading your word, your will, your instruction, so your life your power, and your Holy Spirit will overflow in their life. Praise God. Well, I pray you were blessed by this today. Now, I know you know somebody who is discouraged today because it's everywhere. Would you send them this podcast, copy the link of it, share it, and enable them to get this instruction just like you did. I'd like to personally invite you right now to become part of our online community getting connected to us, finding out about what's happening in the ministry, making sure that you're part of our community. And you could do that by texting the word healing to 94,000. Just text the word healing to 94,000. And you'll also get a free gift talking all about identity and some of the verses that you can meditate to be encouraged as to who you are in Jesus. Now, if these teachings have helped you, we would love for you to prayerfully consider sowing a financial gift into the Gospel Mission Network, the ministry that produces the Be Healed podcast. It's a ministry that is all about missions, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would establish disciples, churches, and leaders in the earth. If you feel led to give to us, we so appreciate that. Just go to our website, gospelmissionnetwork.org, and click the donate button at the top of the page. And we thank you in advance for your support. And everybody, we look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. 
I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of the Gospel Mission Network a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.